We are live on radio. Steven Strusinski here, the Four Outdoorsman. Welcome, everybody. It's Sunday. And we're here every night from every Sunday from 6 to 7, laughing and learning. And I'll tell you what, it's going to be a lot of fun because we have a special guest in studio tonight, Kang Yang, right? Yep, that's right. What is your nationality, young man? I am Hmong. So, really? Yeah. Thanks the, for having me on the show. You're the first young, you're the first Hmong person we've ever had in well, studio. Well, we had him on five years ago. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, in studio I'm talking about. But he was still the first. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. true. Yeah. He's yeah. still the first. So uh, we'll talk about... still with, the one that I love. <laughs> uh, you that's are, pretty good. What is, what is your, 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 your thing again? It's Minnesota what? Minnesota Hunter. Minnesota Hunter. Okay, yep. we'll talk more about that. He's going to be... Uh, talking uh, all about that in the 640 hour, but he's going to be in studio the entire hour just BSing with us. Yeah, glad you could come. <laughs> yeah, yeah, thank you, Mark. I see Kang everywhere. We, uh, <laughs> with the flush, we do all the Pheasants Forever banquets, and, uh, he, and I see him all the time, and he's always smiling and happy and successful hunting. If yeah. you follow him online, he's pretty good at it. As long as he can talk, we love to have him in the studio. It takes the pressure off of us. Sam, how are you, my friend? I am doing good, Strew. The Vikings had the greatest comeback of all time. And I'm one of those guys that bailed out because I went to a hockey game in Egan. And I thought, I won't even tape it. But when I, I'm, I'm, at the, I'm at the hockey game in Egan, and one of the, the players' dads was Egan against Shakopee, varsity hockey. And his dad, one of the, the dads is sitting there next to the boards with me. He's got the game on his cell phone. Yeah. And he's saying, hey, listen, man, we got a chance. For what? And he shows me the score, like 38, 36, whatever it was, 30, who knows what it was, 36 something, whatever. As you got to be kidding me. So I called Diana at home and text Diana, tape this for me, tape the rest of this game for me. That is absolutely crazy to make a comeback like that. I was there. I was at the game. Really? Yeah. And in the second quarter, I'd say about mm, 10 to 15% of the crowd left, but the other 85 to 90% were strong. And they did. We did not stop cheering, even when they were down. The most skull chance I've ever heard at a game. Everyone was getting behind the team. Like it was. I and like Delvin Cook at the end said it was the crowd. Like we. I mean, you know they have the little decimal reader. Like get louder. Yeah, you know, yeah, like, yeah. And it's usually it's between like 105 to 115 decibels. At one point, it hit 126. That uh, that's all fabricated, you know, because I work for the Minnesota Twins. And anyways, and, back to you, Mark. <laughs> well, we have like we have eight people cheering, and the decimeters going way off the board. There, kind of no, can no, you not was, ruin the mojo for no, me? No, it's it probably a Christmas had, miracle. It probably Steve. happened. Yeah, Christmas miracle. But we'll talk about that. That was a lot of fun. Mark, how you doing, buddy? You got your daddy here. Yeah, again my dad, uh, Dave, came and joined the studio. He likes to come in whenever he's in town. We had our family Christmas Saturday on my side of the family, so. Uh, it's been a hockey and Christmas weekend and wrapping it up. Good for you, man. And my dad's here. You want to say hi, Dad? Hi. <laughs> nice work. Yeah. He's there it is. He's perfect for radio. Anyway, so did you did you share gifts and everything? We or did, yeah. You did. We went to my mom's place and uh, all my, my sisters were there except for one who had surgery. My sister Lisa, shout out to her, had surgery on Friday. But um, yeah, had had the kids, had the whole Christmas deal, and so one down, one to go. How do you explain to the kids that you're sharing gifts and all that a week before Christmas, and Santa Claus isn't well, even in the area? Well, Santa yet. didn't come yet; just family gifts. Santa Claus. Oh, I don't think we had those when we were kids. I think it was all under the Christmas tree, Christmas morning, regardless yep. of it. So I don't think we could do that. Kirsten and I did ours Thursday night because all next week's booked. But yeah, Santa doesn't <laughs> hasn't come yet. Yeah, good for you guys. Good Rock you guys. on. So I'll tell you what, Dave, now you're all set for Christmas. When you get back home, what do you do for Christmas? Put the, put the mic in front of your old man here. When I get back home? No, when you get home, what is Christmas like? What do you do? Well, we usually go to church and have a big meat feast. 
That's really? About it. That's about it. Really? Hopefully, Sick. hopefully, be eating venison this year, but my son hasn't given me any. He hasn't given me any. Ooh, Ooh shots fired! <laughs> you saw, you saw the size of that deer. All right, there's not a whole lot to go around. Oh, come on, <laughs> come on! Oh, that's we weren't. We no deer shame here on the four no outdoors, deer shame. That's right. That's right. I did uh, make him eat some of my venison brats, but I did eat 25 pounds of jerky. Over the last three weeks, <laughs> not even kidding. Isn't it crazy how Yang? You, you, I imagine you do all your own processes and stuff too. Yeah. Isn't it crazy the process of making jerky and then how fast it goes? Oh yeah, oh, gosh. and it cheats you because you put twenty five pounds of yeah. meat in and you get like six pounds. It of It shrunk. Yeah, <laughs> you should now, be paying on dry weight. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. you were talking. You were talking to Ken Yang, our, our guest, uh, Ken Yang. And uh, you do you hunt you obviously birds more than anything, but you deer hunt as well. Uh, no, no, I haven't done deer hunting. You yet. haven't done so. Yeah. You make jerky out of what? Um, well, my dad hunts deer, so but I usually do goose jerky. So goose jerky is awesome. Yeah, goose jerky is really good. All right. So how do you make yours as compared to what Mark would have done? What did you put in your jer- in your jerky, Mark? How do you make that? Um, just some Walton spices, some sugar, just so it doesn't. Um, if you add sugar to jerky, it doesn't get so dry. It helps maintain some moisture. So. Just sugar and spice and everything nice, and it turned out wonderful. So, like old people like you and, 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 and my, me and the old man, we could chew that stuff, right? Yep, yep. Yeah. Teeth or no teeth, you can eat mine. No <laughs> <laughs> what a slogan. We should make a jerky cup. Teeth or no teeth, you, you can, can eat, eat mine. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'd tell you what, talking about jerky, there's a guy on the phone right now. Bob Krejci is going to join us, and he's a jerky man. Rocket Bob, man. Rocket man. Bob Krejci just came back from Ely, Minnesota. Bob, have you ever made your own jerky? I have not, and no thanks to the goose turkey. Why not? <laughs> what? What? It's an acquired taste, Bob. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Bob just came back from Ely, Minnesota, one of our great sponsors up there, Arrowhead Outdoors. My hopes are that you did go speak with uh, Steve and Christ, uh, Kristen when you went up there, right? We did. We uh, uh, had several conversations, and um, uh, he helped us out a lot. They're good. They're they're good people. Airhead Outdoors in Ely, Minnesota. I'd go visit them whether they were our sponsors or not. Absolutely. I'll tell you what. Uh, okay, now you went up there. You rented a house from Steve, I think, and Chris, and uh, fished. Uh, I think on Fall Lake. I can mention that. Tell us how the fishing went, and tell us good or bad. Good or bad. What happened this last couple of last couple of days? The fishing was good. Um, you know, obviously fishermen always could want it to be better, but I've been on trips where we've got no fish. Well. So not up there, but um, uh, the fishing was good. We got walleyes, we got northerns, and uh, no perch. They catch a white fish, um, and no bass. That's basically all we got were uh, per, uh, walleye and uh, northerns. Did you bring any fish home? Did you keep anything? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We. Yeah. And actually, up there, uh, there were pretty liberal limits. Um, uh, so we didn't catch our limit, but uh, uh, we we. Uh, caught more uh, walleyes than I thought we would, and uh, some nice ones. Good for you. What about the whitefish? I don't know much about whitefish. I know that they fight. Did you catch a, you caught one whitefish? Did you bring that one home as well? Oh, no, that tastes like goose jerky. <laughs> <laughs> well said, well said. So how about the fish house and all? Because Steve, uh, this is, I think, Steve's only a second year, I think, is um, with having fish houses up there someplace outside of Ely, but uh, just tell me, was it comfortable? You had a good time? Everything was all set for you? Oh, yeah. everything. All the, the holes were drilled out. He had a paved road out to the fish houses. Uh, he has two houses up there right now that he rents out, uh, and I believe he's thinking about getting more. But uh, on this lake, there were probably 
total of eight fish houses. Um, not a lot of pressure up there, and I think that's why the fishing is how it is. Hey, tell us about um, uh, tell us about your trip from the shoreline to the to the fish house. Well, on Fall Lake, where we had the fish house, it was very very easy. They uh, had been plowing the road um, for well for the last week, and it was frozen. There was probably ten inches of ice there. We actually drove out there one time, and then we were told not to. But I'm sure in the coming days, everybody would be driving out there. But we tried to go to a different lake uh, that there's no way you could drive on, no way you can get a snowmobile on, no way you could get a four-wheeler on. Um, there was so much slush under the ice. We, we walked out about 300 yards trying to get to a spot, and we thought, there's no way we're going to do this. So Fall Lake was basically the only lake up there that uh, I knew of that we could fish. That sounds like a lot of work. Were you ever concerned about your safety? No, no, I just <laughs> tired. I'm not as young as I used to be. <laughs> It um, yeah, it was just a lot of work. Um, uh, but now, in the next couple of days, all that's going to be froze, and it's going to be great ice. But uh, it was lousy this weekend. All right, let's talk about what's happening around uh, New Richmond and Cedar Lake and all the other places you go. Ice? Is there ice around C- uh, New Richmond? And have you been out the uh, on the lakes yet this year? Oh, I've been out. Uh, I've been out about a half a dozen times. They're running full waivers on a lot of these lakes now, and uh, uh, all the lakes that I've been on, I've done very, very well. Good for you, man. Good, uh, you. good crappie fishing. Did you and your buddy go into town and, and uh, cause some trouble? Going to Ely and cause some trouble? We were so pooped after that first night <laughs> of trying to walk out there. We could barely walk upstairs to go to bed. Bob and I have hunted many, many years up in Ely, Minnesota at our hunting shack, the Polish Palace on Mud Creek Road. And I'll tell you, it's not like it used to be. Dave, uh, uh, Dave um, uh, Lukey, Mark's dad, is here laughing at you as well because when we were hunting, I'm <laughs> Greg Pizecki and Rick Longevin and Bruce Bernards and Bob Krejci and who knows we had like eight guys always go out there mid mid twenties I suppose we were, and we would party yeah. till we we'd be party till one o'clock in the morning in town then drive to the hunting shack which is half an hour away and get up the next morning at four thirty five o'clock and go sit in the woods, not anymore. Yeah, how times have changed. Now how times have, how times have changed. Yeah. Hey, thanks a lot. Thanks for getting back to me, buddy, and and I hope you had a good time and and. Uh, Spread the word for Arrowhead Outdoors as well, because those guys are great people up there in Ely, Minnesota, and there's fish up there. I can't wait to get back up there myself. Well, I'll tell you, if, uh, if you go up there and you want some good advice, you stop and see Steve up there, because he knows all those lakes. He knows what they're biting on, and uh, it's a good resource to have up there. He's a good man. Thanks, buddy. Take yep. care of yourself. I'm glad you got back safely. Thank you. Talk right. to you. All right. Mark's got a couple shout-outs. Yeah, let's go ahead and do the four outdoorsman shout-outs. For those of you that don't know, if you comment... On our shout-out page, we'll read it on air, and we have a bunch of people that do it regularly, and thank you very much. Our first one is from Steve Renneberg, who we just talked about. said, good weekend of ice fishing here in Ely. Fresh 14 inches of snow has limited travel to, to snowmobiles or plowed ice roads. Uh, John Bowes caught this 29-and-a-half-inch walleye during the storm. That's good. Twin Cities Walleyes Unlimited says, happy holidays, everyone. Stay safe. Looking forward to our next m- meeting, January 5th, with John Hoyer of Hoyer Fishing. I believe we've had on We have on had John on before, yeah. Our good friend Will Goebbels is checking in uh, from the ice. This one from last week, an Ely 39-inch northern he caught there. And this is Kang's friend. How do you say, say his name, Kang? Uh, Tufu Zhang. He says, thank you to my friend Kang Yang, Minnesota hunter, for teaching me how to bird hunt and for always being a great friend. Without you, I will never experience anything like this. Blessed. Oh, and can't wait to try our pheasant recipe tonight. 
Stay tuned, everyone. Kang will post a new pheasant recipe on his social medias very soon. Wow, he's like your hype man. He's I like this. Yeah, so there's like only two <laughs> weeks left to hunt pheasants in Minnesota. Then head out to Kansas or wherever you can go there. But uh, the last day to hunt pheasants in Minnesota is January 1st. Good luck and be safe, everyone. That was a great write-in. He has really a nice, nice picture there. Yeah. And uh, Corey, our buddy with Macula Tackle, checked in. So thanks, everyone, for writing. Wow, so do you teach this guy how to how to hunt? Yeah, I taught him how to hunt. We hunt awesome. together every weekend now. So we tell been... <laughs> tell that story. That's awesome. Did, did yeah. were you friends before and got him into it, or was it just like you met him and like let's go hunting? Oh yeah, we were friends before. Friends yep. before we met him uh, before we started hunting. Always did everything. We raised pigeons together. Nice. Bought fishing. Uh, bought uh, betas. So fighting fish. Uh-huh. Did a little underground fighting fish. <laughs> <laughs> There's one rule about beta fish fighting. You don't talk about beta. Yeah. It always leads to pheasant hunting. <laughs> and then, yeah, I, uh, I started hunting with my dad. And, uh, you know, he, he's always done everything, you know, like great with me. So I was like, yeah, here's a here's a puppy. I gave him one of a puppy from my one of my really? dog's litter. Really? Awesome. Yeah. Wow. You're yeah. a good friend. Yeah. <laughs> that's, what makes a, that's, that's what makes a hunter is a bird dog. Does so. he do all the, the videos? That I, I love your TikTok, by oh, the yeah. way. <laughs> I sound like a little girl saying that, but your TikTok is so awesome. <laughs> Thank it's you. It's really funny, and uh, I try to copy, you know, because yeah. I want to get some traction on the four doors when TikTok. So I'm like, he does funny stuff. So <laughs> yeah, no, what he, is uh, what is your favorite pheasant jerk? Not pheasant, but uh, um, pigeon jerky uh, recipe. <laughs> pigeon jerky. They're pets. Come on. <laughs> what? Yeah, <laughs> they're pets. <laughs> I did it. Yeah. Kang, do you have anyone you want to shout out to? Um, yeah, shout out to um, let's see, shout out to Mark Nordquest, Modern Carnivore. You know, uh, always teach, kind of a mentor there for me in the media space. So mm-hmm. yeah, awesome. Who's got a Christmas I joke? Do. You got a Christmas right joke? Sam's got the first Christmas joke of the night. <coughs> All right. How how many letters does the Christmas alphabet have? How many letters does the Christmas alphabet have? 25. There's no L. Yeah! Oh! <laughs> I got Mark, one for you, Strew. All right. Go ahead, buddy. <laughs> What's Santa's primary language? Not a clue. It's not Hmong. North, <laughs> North Polish. There you oh. go. That's specifically for Stroop. That a boy. Thank you. Mark's got a joke. Uh, why was Frosty the Snowman smiling? Oh. He heard the snowblowers around the corner. Oh. <laughs> it's a family show. Oh, sorry. What? Yeah, that's I a family thought, joke. I thought I was the guy that got this show in trouble. All right, it's true. I got a couple. Of, this is this is the cleanest one, probably. Three guys are in a car accident. Young guys. They go to meet St. Peter at the at the at the pearly gates, and St. Peter says, "You know, your records are about. Eh, you're close, but not all the way. But I'll tell you what. If you can show me something you have on you right now that reminds me of Christmas, I'll let you through the gates." Guy brings out his his keys, and St. Peter says, What's the, what, are the, what are these supposed to be of? He says, well, they're, it's uh, uh, Christmas music or something like that. That's, I guess that's okay. Another guy takes a lighter out and lights it. So this is a Christmas candle. St. Peter, I like that one, lets him in as well. Third guy takes looks at his check, and he pulls out a pair of uh, ladies' underwear. And St. Peter says, my Lord. What does this have to do with Christmas? He said, they're carols. <laughs> <Hey-o>! <laughs> <laughs> they're carols. You need an A-O button. <laughs> I'll be here all week. All right, we're going to be right back with uh, Scotty Merwin, Lake Osakis Guide Service. One of our good friends haven't talked to him for quite a while, and uh, let's have some fun.
Missed part of Bob Outdoors? No problem. Just click on the Weekend tab at MyBobCountry.com to listen back to the four outdoorsmen anytime. You've heard us talk about Devil's Lake for quite a while now, and there are many, many reasons why. To think that 30 years ago, Devil's covered about 85,000 acres. Today, that same body of water is over 160,000 acres, and that story alone brings the curious to visit this wonderful place. But it's the no-slot limit on walleyes with five a day and ten a possession. That's bringing the four outdoorsmen to Devil's Lake as often as we can. Devil's Lake, North Dakota, rated one of the top five fisheries in the entire country. Visit DevilsLakeND.com, and thanks. Clam Outdoors has what ice anglers need for ice fishing this winter. From portable fish traps and pop-up hub shelters to ice armor by Clam Outerwear and cold weather gear to stay warm on those cold winter days. Along with a wide array of accessories, Clam Pro Tackle, Frost Ice Line, rods, reels, and combos, and so much more. Whether you're a hardcore or casual ice angler, Clam has what you need for ice fishing. Check out the full line of ice fishing gear at ClamOutdoors.com. I'm here with the owner of Capra's Outdoors, new owner that is, Sam. Sam, Christmas is coming. What if I need something desperately for the outdoorsman in my life? Well, if Christmas is coming, Mark, and we are stocked up. I have a lot of deals going on this week. We have great deals on Strike Masters, minimum 10% off. FXR Apparel, 25% off. Ruger 1022s. We got Rocky Boots, 20% off. We have a huge, huge, huge supply of Allen Slings gun cases. Those are minimum 30% off. Check us out at Capra's at 8565 Central Avenue in Blaine, Minnesota. Hey, what's up, everyone? Join us for the um, 2023 National Pheasant Fest and Quail Classic at the Minneapolis Convention Center from February 9th, February 17th to the 19th, where we'll have a dog parade and um, vendors and everything like that. So if you are if you love pheasant hunting or love the outdoors, come check it out. And you want a cool lake trout fishing experience? Head to Ely, an Arrowhead Outdoors bait tackle hunt camp store, Minnesota's stream and lake trout headquarters. Arrowhead carries the largest selection of lake trout tackle found any place in northern Minnesota and... They're the only ones in Ely running houses for targeting lake trout. Dates are filling fast, and sharing a lake trout fishing trip on the doorstep of the Boundary Waters means memories that are going to last a lifetime. <laughs> you might even catch a walleye or two. Arrowhead Outdoors, the very, very best. Crystal Welding in Maple Grove is your Hineker snowplow dealer. Hineker's quick hitch and trip edge systems makes removing snow easy. Made in Minnesota, Hineker plows are perfect for commercial or residential use. Have a bobcat? No problem. Hineker makes a plow for that too. Crystal Welding in Maple Grove also services all makes and models of plows and salt spreaders. Go to crystalwelding.com. Crystal Welding gets the job done. The number one request of soldiers is take care of my family. And that's exactly what the Minnesota Military Family Foundation does. We take care of the military family in times of financial crisis. Please donate at minnesotamilitaryfamilyfoundation.org. Should hard acquaintance be forgot and never brought to mind? Should hard acquaintance be forgot and the days of unanxiety? On behalf of Reach for Resources and the families that we serve in Minnesota, thank you for the outpouring of donations throughout this past year. Together, we can empower people of all abilities to reach their full potential. Visit reachforresources.org. Happy holidays and a happy new year. 
So I switched to Boost Mobile and got this free Samsung Galaxy A23 5G phone. Why do you think they call it the Galaxy? Maybe because the Samsung Galaxy A23 has a huge screen, and galaxies are huge gravitationally bound systems of stars rotating around a supermassive black hole. And the phone is free? When you switch to Boost Mobile. Cool. You lost me at gravitationally bound. Switch to Boost and get a free Samsung Galaxy A23 5G phone. Boost Mobile. Unleash your power. Limited time offer while supplies last. New customers only. Excludes tax. One device offer per line. Only available on certain networks. 5G not available everywhere. Additional restrictions apply. See your local Boost Mobile store for details. I've been holiday shopping at Kohl's, and I've got to admit, their deals are some of the best I've seen. I've been earning Kohl's cash every day while saving an extra 25% on top of 50% off cute PJs and 40% off comfy slippers. Plus, I just got 30% off super soft Kulabura by Ugg Bedding. With more gifts and more savings at Kohl's, the holidays just got so much cozier. Select styles. Offers end December 18th. Kulabura by Ugg. Coupons do not apply. Some exclusions apply. See store or kohls.com for details. Total Country All right, we're back for our outdoorsman here on Sunday night. King Yang is our guest in the studio. We've got Sam, of course, Mark, his dad, David, and Brandon and myself, Strewman Steve. It's a full house. But now we've got a full house, babe. We really have a full house because Scott Merwin is on the line. Scott, welcome to the show, buddy. How you doing? Every day is a gift. You know that, pal. Every day is a gift. Are you guys, now you said you're up in Alexandria right now, right? What, what was that again? Are, are you in Alexandria right now? Yes, I am. Okay, but uh, how are things up there? How much ice have you got on Lake Osakis? Uh, it, it's varied right now. Um, there's a lot of two inches and one inches of ice, but there's also in some of those smaller bays and smaller lakes, you know, they got eight, nine inches. You just got to be careful. Um, with that rain and snow mix we got, we got about, um, I don't know, eight, nine inches of slush the other day, but that's starting to freeze up. So um, here in a few days, it'll start looking good. Yeah, so right now you're saying there's not a whole lot of motor vehicle travel on Lake Osakis. Well, I saw a guy try and pull something out with a four-wheeler today, and it didn't work out too good for him. So. <laughs> oh, I hate seeing that. <laughs> yeah, that's... Uh... And that's when I was like, yeah, I think I'll wait till tomorrow. I don't want to walk in four inches of slush. Is that where so. the... Uh, I don't know if that was a... Were you with Dave Gens when you saw that happen? I saw something on Facebook just uh, yesterday or today where you were with a whole bunch of people catching some pretty nice fish. And uh, I think Dave Gens was there, but a lot of people were there. And there was a comment about uh, a truck not doing very well on the ice. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think somebody saw a truck out on the ice, and it shouldn't have been out there. That's what it was. It's probably still out so, there right now. Probably still out there right yeah, now. Yeah, probably. You let's, know, let's talk I mean, about everybody gets a little antsy. Yeah, you're, go ahead, Mark. Hey, Scott, it's Mark here. How are you, sir? Pretty good. I, you know, I can't complain. You got a good hunting dog, good woman, and a uh, good fishing spot. That sounds like a country song, man. <laughs> I, uh, I had the pleasure of seeing you briefly at the St. Paul Ice Show. It was great to see you. And I just I got to make a brief comment about, you know, I, we've known you for how long now? Eight, nine years? And uh, that's been it's been a while since the beginning. I feel like you've yeah. you've kind of moved up the ranks in clam pros. Is that true? Now, when I go to the ice show, you're on posters, you're on magazines. Are you on the are you on the ice team, a team now? Or how does that work? Well, um, now now everybody's ice team because they they wanted the opportunity for the, the new guys to get the same treatment as the, you know, some of the seniors, which was a pretty good, you know, that's how we yeah. get people involved you know we want to see those new guys come in and do good is it so, just you know I, I don't know if i've moved up the ranks i'm more put in my time 
Yeah. I'm no different than any guy out there that loves to fish. You know, I just had some great opportunities put in front of me and uh, was able to, to get out there and get after it. So, Well, it's uh, maybe it's just you're so photogenic and such a good-looking guy that they just had to put you on every, every single magazine they come out with now. There's a lot of them. That's, that's what I keep telling my wife, but she doesn't <laughs> believe that. So. Hey, we're talking with uh, Scott Merwin at Lake Osakis Guide Service and one of our friends, and I've been with him a number of times and just always had a great time fishing with Scott and his buddies. You mentioned that you've had some great opportunities thrown your way. Let's talk about that. You've been a guide for a number of years. What kind of opportunities are you talking about? Well, I mean, I, I mean, you know, with with Clam Outdoors, I, I, they just put me in front of people that, that had the same fishing addiction I did, so... You know, when you get out there and you fish with these guys, you all learn from each other, and and you're fishing around the right people, and, and sometimes you make the right moves and um, get on the fish, and sometimes you don't. And I just happen to get on the fish plenty of times. So, um, And, you know, being like having Dave Gens as a mentor and Dr. Sonar, uh, Bruce Sampson, you know, those two mentors, one's a summer and one's a, a winter mentor, and they, I mean, they've done – you know, without those guys, I wouldn't be where I'm at. So. It's crazy with you know the, today's technology. I, I, I've got an F, I, I've got a 28, a Vexilar 28, you know, and yep. uh, and I split it with my son. I like because he fishes a lot more than I do, and I think that is that's the most exciting piece of machinery I've ever had in my hands. And all of a sudden, you got that's nothing. I mean, it's really really good. But what do you call that stuff? Live scopes. Live scopes. Holy buckets oh yeah that's that's changing you know that's changed fishing yeah you know you still can't beat the the vexlar on the ice that's the best they always will be you know um until somebody else cracks that but live scope now we can sit there and and dial in fish quicker because we can see further um we learn more from them you know a lot of things we've learned is fish move faster than we thought we did they did you know um and you might be fishing one group and thinking you're fishing one big group, but it's actually three or four smaller groups. You know, things like that that we didn't know before. You're, you're seeing how the fish move and and react to, to sonar as well. They run from it, you know. What, are, so, what, is, what is your opinion of all the advanced technology? Is it Have we gotten too far? Is it, is it, has it put all the, the, the chips in our basket now and, and fish don't have as much of an, a chance as they used to? Is it fair? Should they stop? Should they keep on going? Where does it go from here? Well, it's fair. I, I believe it's fair. It's a tool to catch fish, you know. You um, you have your state limits for a reason. Yeah, there you go. That's their job. They're, that's their job to protect our fisheries, that's you know. Um, there's always going to be electronics, you know, and there's going to be more and better and faster. And it's like, you know, uh, it's kind of like, you know, how they used to catch them in the old day. They took one of those old telephones. And put two wires in the in the water and cranked it, and all the fish came to the surface. <laughs> you know, they, that was cheating. Yeah. You know, now now we got sonar and, and megahertz and all this stuff. You know, we're we're sending. You know, we're being able to, you know, send a, a long sonar at an angle, and that's what's catching those fish and and um, showing us where they're at and what they're doing. Yeah, it's pretty impressive. Scott Mark here again. Uh, I have a question for you, at, and I. To me, you seem like you're an expert pan fisherman. Every time I've been with you, I've caught some of the biggest bluegills that I've ever seen in my life. So um, I have a question for you on how, how do you – I fish mostly in the metro, north metro, and I know that the population is generally smaller. 
How do, how do you go after the bigger bluegills and stay out of the little ones? Or is it, is it just moving, or do you have special techniques that work better? Well, I, I can tell you that my secret is I walleye fish a lot. <laughs> when you walleye fish, yeah, yeah, you yeah. find all the other fish. <laughs> and I mean, that that's truthfully, that's, that's you know, because you're moving slower, you're trolling, you're looking for, for walleyes, and that's when you find where your bigger bluegills are at or your bigger. And it, it, that can vary. With bluegills, it can vary, you know. Um, they'll be mixed in, in one group, and then sometimes you'll have bigger groups and smaller groups and, you know, it's just learning how to read that sonar and, and um, size fish is is main key to finding those bigger fish. So hey, if that uh, makes sense. Yeah, it does make sense. You know, but let's say a, a, a guy like King King Yang, who is next to me here, he's going off ice fishing for the first time this year. Uh, let's say on a local lake. Let's say something uh, in the northern suburbs of the of the Twin Cities. What kind of advice would you give him? Give him a couple of tips. Well, the first thing I'd do is go buy some clan pinhead minnows, and I would fish in the middle of the water column, which means if you're in 10 feet of water, you'd fish five feet down. And I'd just shake that and use a Vexilar until they come in. And um, I'd fish around 12 feet right now. That'd probably be your best bet. So you're saying you're fishing in 12 feet deep, but going about five, six feet down, you're saying? Yeah, and make those fish come up to your bait. Use something like the Pinhead Metal for a Pinhead Pro from Clam Outdoors that makes some noise. You know, I've never – uh, fishing is turning into deer hunting right now because everybody <laughs> was is rattling now. You know, it used to be just <laughs> – you, you just go climb well, up in a tree. They've been rattling for years. Yeah, they just yeah, got yeah. better at it. Yeah, yeah. You know, now we're using different metals that make, you know, a better sound than something like a Swedish pimple did back in the day, you know. Um and we're using different types of things to attract fish than what we had before, you know. Yeah. Um, how how was your summer? Did you have do a lot of guide business, and uh, you had a good year? Um, yeah, we we did a bunch of guides as a guide service. Me, I slowed down. I did about forty. Um, you know, I'm I'm been down visiting my mom and doing stuff that you know for the last ten years. I've all I've thought about was fishing, 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 fishing. Right. And now I'm realizing, hey man, I still got a family out there. I got to pay attention to. Yep. Good well, for you, buddy. I, re- I really respect that. Okay, let's say we have, again we're talking with Scotty Merwin of Lake Osaka's Guide Service. Just look that up. You can find him if you want some advice or a guide trip. Uh, let's say Scotty's got one chance to make one bucket list trip. Where's it going to be? Ice fishing or or summer fishing? Uh, I'd probably tarpon fish down in in Florida. So, sounds good to me. Yeah, <laughs> I've never I've never done. You know, it, but, I mean that, that's that's my next bucket list trip anyway. So hey, hey Scott, this is Kang. So uh, is there any electronics that tracks pro fishermen? <laughs> um, yeah, I, well, actually, I think they got these devices now. You can hide on us. Okay. <laughs> I, ra- I, I rather thought track about the that the other day. If people got smart, they'd, they'd really tag us. So they'd know where everywhere we go. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's funny. It's funny you mentioned that because the, the one time you and I were fishing up on, on, on Lake Osakis with a couple of my buddies. Uh, must have been Dan Boris and Bob Creechie because I didn't invite Mark, Lukey, or Sam. You know, seeing how that goes. But and uh, you, we were out there. You've been on the lake for many, many years. It's not. I guess it's a big lake, and we were fishing. I don't know. Who knows where we were? All of a sudden, there's three or four boats that came out of nowhere. And they're because Scotty Merwin's on the. In fact, you, you use a different boat, I think, sometimes. And all of a sudden, they're <laughs> incognito right, boat, incognito like an old rowboat. Yeah. But uh, they were wood ticking you, and uh, they weren't catching anything. We were still catching things. That's 
That's got to be a hassle. Yeah, sometimes. but I take that as a compliment. Yeah, you totally. know. I mean, if people are following you, then you know what you're doing. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And you know, I'm usually friendly to them as long as they don't sit there and give me dirty looks. You know, I don't like that. But if they're friendly, I'm friendly back. <laughs> that uh, that uh, shows that you were a success. Reminds me of my college days when I was out looking for ladies at night. All these guys would follow me, you know, because I don't know. I just, <laughs> yeah. just wait for your scraps yeah, to, yeah, just, to you guys, see if you yeah. were lost from your parents. <laughs> hey, um, you told me to think of a Christmas joke. There you go. Um, yeah. I didn't really, I, I didn't think of one, but I thought of something better. Go I ahead. You should dress I think Strew should dress up like an elf, and Lukey should dress up like Santa this Christmas. That's <laughs> done. That, that's a great photo op. I tell you, it would. I tell, I tell people every time every time we take a photograph of me standing between those two guys, it seems like I'm they're giving birth. You know, it's a, <laughs> but I'm looking at Scotty, gonna let you go. Take care of yourself. Say hi to your wife, Kristen, and and. Uh, I know you're going to head down to Florida here in January. Have a safe time down there. Enjoy the sunshine and and uh, take care of your mom. So uh, thanks for joining us on yep. the show, buddy. Hang on, Mark. That's All right, you guys have a good one. You bet. Take care, friend. Scott Merwin, Lake Osakis Guide Service. That's a Scott is uh, one of the nicest guys I've met in this industry. He's taken out my son Nick and I, you know, just on a random afternoon just to catch fish, to teach him how to catch fish. And he's just so incredibly patient and um, friendly that it's just, it's really nice to see. You know, he he is a great guy. At the time I was telling you about when we were up in Osaka, my buddies and I, and and we weren't catching a whole lot. And all of a sudden, Scott, and I'd never seen this before. He's done this his entire life, let's say, you know. I only fish when someone takes me. That's my my job. Mm -hmm. But uh, all of a sudden he says, hey, put everything away, opens up his sides of his boat and takes out ice rods, ice fishing rods. And all of it, and with with spring bobbers on them. I mean, that's that's how how finicky these fish were. And all of a sudden, we were we did famously, and people looking at us like, are these guys nuts using ice fishing rods? Yeah, they're tiny, flexible, sensitive, and uh, we did really well as a result because he you got to make a change, and he's he knows what he's doing. So, any questions about ice fishing or uh, or summer fishing? Give Scotty. Scott Merwin, a call, Lake Wasekas Guide Service. Go ahead, Sam. Stewie, like, it's funny you say that about switching to ice rods and open water because I, I had a customer come in this week looking for, like, a 52 to a 60-inch. A, cus- a customer from wh- Capra's, Capra's. Capra's Sporting Cap- Goods. Where Blaine. is that located? 85, 65 Central. <laughs> uh, but he was looking for, like, a 52 to 60-inch ice rod. I was like, "What are you fishing your buddy's hole next to you?" Like, and he said, "No, it's just he. That's what he likes. Yeah. He he drills the hole a little bit further, and he says he just feels a little bit more confident with it." But it's it's funny, like the different things that people try. So, and we were talking to us, um, Jason Mitchell, last week about that because yeah. I had watched one of his television shows and saw one of those guys, and I'd never seen anyone fish with a five foot mm-hmm. fishing rod, ice fishing. He says people are doing it now, and. Uh, I'm not exactly sure what the reasons I are. I think but uh, for lake trout, people use longer rods. Remember that guy gave us uh, lake trout rods up in Ely? And you have to go up and down so oh, yeah. hard, so violently, that you need a longer rod just to get a little bit more leverage yeah. on it. That's yeah, a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Dave, you're going to tell us a joke? You got a Christmas joke? No. No? Okay. All right. I got one more for you. Okay. Well, you got another one? No, I want to do a quick uh, plug real quick after you're done. No, that. do your shout out then. No, if I'm looking for, I want to talk to Mark about this. I need to find a good part-time fisherman. I want Capras is hiring for a part-time worker who work, is a fisherman, not yes. a part-time fisherman. No, a part-time fisherman <laughs> who wants to work. <laughs> 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 no, uh, someone who knows fishing, whether it's ice, open water, and electronics, uh, hit us up at the Four Outdoorsmen's page or the Capras page. Um, I'm open to schedule. Capras is hiring. Yeah, you need well, a fishing your, pro. Yeah, there again, what is your definition of part-time? 
Uh, I'm, I'm open. I'd like someone who could work during the day. You know, if it was a few hours, you know, a day, or even if they want to work 30 hours a week, I could I could do that. I just I just want to find somebody to hang out in the fishing department who knows electronics as well. So I think Dave Gens is retiring. I think he might be I'd able hire to hire him in a I bet you would. He he, you'd have to pay him a lot of money, maybe. <laughs> All right, I'm, I'll, we Your can joke. wrap it up. Your joke. He's got time for a joke. You have, you have a time for another Christmas joke. Oh, I got another one. So. Oh, yeah, because uh, Ken King is our next guest, right? Yes, Last he is. Week. All right, hang on a second. So a uh, uh, mailman comes and delivers mail to a door, and a lady opens the door, and she's wearing something really nice, sexy-like, a little robe on it. And, he said, and she gives him a card. He opens the card, and it's, there's a dollar in it, Merry Christmas, that kind of crap. And she, he says, thanks a lot, but I'm not supposed to take this kind of stuff. She goes, come on in for I, – I got a surprise for you. He says, I can't. I'm working. She said, it's almost Christmas. Take your time. Come on. No one's going to carry – he walks into the kitchen. She made him a breakfast you would not believe. Champagne, I mean, all kinds of things. A great breakfast. He says, I got to go back to work. She goes, come on upstairs. And, and, and they make love. He says, I got to get back to work, but I got to ask you, why are you doing all this? Well, last night my husband and I were – Asked, discussing what we should give you for Christmas. And he said, oh, screw the mailman. Give him a dollar. Breakfast was my idea. Good <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now that we'll be off the air next week, <laughs> be right back with Ken Yang. saying thank you to our first responders and the service men and women of Minnesota. That's something we can all get behind. It's why Bob FM and our homegrown artists have teamed up to create this year's Minnesota Country Salute CD. When you buy a Minnesota Country Salute CD this year, you'll know the net proceeds go to the Minnesota Military Family Foundation and Minnesota Wheels of Honor, two organizations that ensure those who serve us are not forgotten. Say thank you when you pick up your Minnesota Country Salute CD today. Find out where you can buy yours today at mybobcountry.com. So you've never been to Devil's Lake, North Dakota? You gotta. Devil's Lake has been rated one of the top five fisheries in the entire country for many years for many reasons. Hey, plenty of walleyes, of course, with no slot limits. You've heard it before. 365 days season, five a day in tenant possession. That's crazy. And jumbo perks are a blast to catch. Devil's Lake got many guide services that'll make sure your ice fishing trip will make you want to come back. Hey, bring your family. Let's have some fun. Check out devilslakend.com and thanks. Winter is not the time to have problems with your furnace. Get the best behavior out of your home heating and cooling system with Dezeal's Service Partner Plan. For just $9.99 a month, get professional priority service. Two high performance checks per year. No after hours or emergency service charge and much more. For the price of fancy coffee, the Dezeal Service Partner Plan can catch small problems before they are big ones. Call the top dog now and get January through March free. Dezeal Heating and AC. Serving right County and West Metro. Learn more at DeZealHVAC.com. Clam Outdoors has what ice anglers need for ice fishing this winter. From portable fish traps and pop-up hub shelters to ice armor by Clam Outerwear and cold weather gear to stay warm on those cold winter days. Along with a wide array of accessories, Clam Pro Tackle, Frost Ice Line, rods, reels, and combos, and so much more. Whether you're a hardcore or casual ice angler, Clam has what you need for ice fishing. Check out the full line of ice fishing gear at ClamOutdoors.com. I'm here with Sam, the owner of Capra's Outdoors. Christmas is next week. Maybe you need a special gift for your outdoors man or woman. What do you have at Capra's, Sam? 
We have a lot of stuff. Everything ice fishing you can think of, guns, ammo. We actually brought in a fun, a lot of few fun gifts you can do for white elephants. And nothing says Merry Christmas more than a gift card to Capra Sporting Goods. And you can get one at 8565 Central Avenue in Blaine, Minnesota. Capra Sporting Goods. National Pheasant Fest and Quail Classic is coming back to Minneapolis February 16th through 18th at the Minneapolis Convention Center. It just so happens that we have a speaker at that event. Kang, Kang, tell us what you're going to talk about at Pheasant Fest. Yeah, I'll be talking about uh, my journey to the hunting community. Uh, you know, I'm an adult onset hunter, um, so come hear me talk out there. Awesome. Kang's a great guy. Go listen to him and many other speakers. National Pheasant Fest and, Fail and Quail Classic. Go to pheasantsforever.org for more information. Tired of losing your valuables down the ice fishing hole? Our friend Bill Katz with BK Outdoors LLC has the most simple, affordable solution on the market. Katz covers are a strong polycarbonate hole cover you can stand on and fish through. Your phone, electronics, keys, kids, and pets can now be safe with this simple solution. Go to catscovers.com. That's K-A-T-Z-K-O-V-E-R-Z.com. Made in Minnesota, a veteran-owned company. You can order yours directly or visit one of Bill's great retail partners to get yours now. Arrowhead Outdoors in Ely, Minnesota doesn't claim to be Minnesota's trout headquarters just because no one else does. They actually carry the largest selection of lake trout tackle found anywhere in northern Minnesota. And much of it is custom made right there at Arrowhead. This season, Arrowhead Outdoors is the only store in town renting ice houses for lake trout. And if you never caught a lake trout through the ice, get ready for an experience worth sharing. Hey, come relish the wilderness and the serenity of Ely area. And let Arrowhead Outdoors help you catch a few trout. Welcome back to the Four Outdoorsmen on this snowy, beautiful Sunday night. It's so nice outside. It's just great to see all the snow on the trees. We're here in the studio. And do you have something to say, Stu? Go you ahead. Mind? What's that? No, go ahead. Well, this is Got a, a way to step uh, on my intro. Go ahead. No, 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 no. <laughs> we'll get back to this. But you mentioned the white elephant gifts, right? Yes. Okay. I, I just want to tell this real quick story. We'll get to King Yang. And we'll, 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 re, we'll, we'll reboot. But anyways, we'll reboot. Okay. Sometimes I try, I, I, I try to do things that I think are going to be funny, and they kind of backfire. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, some, yeah. Sometimes I do that. <laughs> I was at a Christmas get-together. All of us were my age or older. It was for people I was playing racquetball with the last couple of years, and we had a white elephant thing. This I'd never been with this group at a social setting other than the racquetball courts, and so we're supposed to bring a white elephant gift, and I looked up white elephant gift. It's supposed to be kind of funny and, and, and that kind of thing. Well, I thought it'd be kind of funny, so I, I, my white elephant gift was a, a Viagra tablet. And, um, and unfortunately, oh now that's funny. All the, oh, that, that's really funny. You know, these guys are all 70, 80 years old. Unfortunately, the guy who got it, his wife has Alzheimer's. Uh-oh. And it didn't go over as well as I anticipated. So <laughs> didn't land yeah, like you. So, yeah. So you guys, went, if you're going to do white elephant gift, think better than the Struman Don't give did. prescription medication. Yeah, yeah. Just uh, think better than the Man. All right, go, go ahead. Sorry. All right. Well. Hopefully your doctor's not listening. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> so we interviewed Kang about five years ago as he just got into upland hunting. And yeah. he had a great story. It was a long time ago. It's coming back to me. It's been a long time. But since then, I've seen Kang kind of grow in the sport. He has a site, Minnesota Hunter, lots of great stuff online. Now he's hired through Pheasants Forever to blog for them, yep. right? Mm -hmm. So he's writing for Pheasants Forever, the pinnacle of the sport. Yes. Here you go. Here you go. And he has been on The Flush mm -hmm. with my friend Travis. He's, he's filmed. He's been on the podcast. 
you're basically an upland celebrity now. <laughs> so now that you're famous, we invite you back on and hopefully yeah. all your crowd can follow our show. <laughs> It's paying it back. But, King, thank you for joining us tonight. Yeah, no, thank you for having me. Like I said, um, you know, you guys really did kick off my hunting. Oh, oh shucks. Oh, shucks. <laughs> well, let's uh, let's back up for people that weren't listening five years ago. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your history, your family history, what made you decide to get into hunting, and we'll go from there. Yeah, so, like, quickly, the story back then, you know, I was an anti-hunter turned hunter. Uh, you know, I just started hunting because of my dog. Uh we when you guys interviewed me, literally, I think I was only in the field for two months. So that was about it. Yeah, that's when I started. So two months into it, we're like, hey, come on and talk about it. Yeah. And so you were kind of against hunting. You turned, you enjoyed, your dog enjoyed it. You enjoyed mm-hmm. the sport. What made you kind of really turn that corner and be like, okay, I'm going to do this all the time? Um, You know, just be wanting to be a face for the monk community. Yeah. Um, in, in Minnesota, mm-hmm. um, you know, so named my, my personal blog, Minnesota-Hunter, just because, you know, I want to focus on my community here, not just yeah. the Hmong community, but, you know, the whole hunting community in the state of Minnesota. So, No, that's absolutely. great. And, and, and watching you progress, obviously, you're learning more about the sport and and uh, now you're going to be speaking, public speaking about yeah. it, which is, are you nervous about that? Are you nervous, nervous about <laughs> getting on stage in front of people? Yeah, a little nervous, but, you know, I'm excited. Are you going to practice it like a thousand times before no, you do it? I think I'm just going to wing it. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, to be honest, the best thing to do in public speaking is wing it. You yeah. know why? Because you're passionate about it, mm-hmm. and you'll let the blood flow happen. Exactly. Yeah. And that, a- to me, instead of looking down at notes, sure, you're kind of like this when you MC. Like you, you probably have a few notes, but you wing a lot of it because you're passionate about it. It's mm-hmm. easy, and I mean, you're let the let them feel the passion. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, so passionate about it. And I like. Um, recently, I've been joining a uh, committee, so I'm with the Natural Heritage Advisory Committee with the DNR, the R3 Committee with the DNR, on the board with Backcountry Hunters and Anglers, on the board with Minnesota. Um, they're everything? They're going to kill everything. <laughs> 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 Were you on the DNR book? Or yeah, I was yeah. on the DNR book this I, year, I'm too. Like, is that <laughs> I saw yeah. that, too, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's You're, me. like, literally the face on the DNR book. The yeah. front cover. The yeah, front cover. Front cover. You should have seen it. My dad and then we're having drinks. And I come home, and they're like, my uncle's like, this is you. How was that story? <laughs> this is you. They were so happy. That's I, awesome. I just, Did you frame it? Do you have it? <laughs> I have, like, 20 copies. So. <laughs> you, should, you should blow one up. Blow one up and yeah. get, like, a two-by-three-foot version of it. Oh, totally. Yeah, I should. I'll ask the DNR for the Yeah. Copy. So do... um. Do you feel like Upland is a sport that has room to grow in the monk community? Is it not traditionally a monk sport? Or what um, have you seen in the last couple of years? So what I've seen mostly is just putting communities together. Yeah. Right? So whether you're Hispanic, black, uh, Asian, having them speak up to in, in the hunting space. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? They're, they're involved. They're out there. They're involved. Right. Like the monk fishing community, monk hunting, monk hunting community. I see them guys out there day and night. Yeah. Right? But it's just getting them involved with um organizations to to put yeah. more back into the community right, right. so conservation yep. is what i'm trying to say so yeah and to speak on that i think uh you're absolutely right because the monk community is so huge in fishing and hunting but they're probably timid mm-hmm. to come out publicly and speak about it so i mean kudos for you i mean hopefully yeah. they can ride your shirt tails and <laughs> get get, a, get more of them because mm-hmm. you guys are such a great family you know, family focused, mm-hmm. loyal. You guys are hunting and fishing to provide 
food mm-hmm. for your family. And there's to- nothing better than that. Totally. Like I see a Facebook post. They're like, hey, everyone, go here, fish here, and use this jig. You'll catch crappies. Yeah, <laughs> awesome. It's a public Facebook post. Which you know? one? Sam, <laughs> which one? <laughs> Sam has so much respect for your people, if you want to call yeah, it that. Yeah. We went on a, a canoe trip a couple of years ago in the Bondi Waters, and he hired a, a, a Hmong person to cook for. No, I wouldn't remember. Barry, I yeah. told him about. I told him yeah. about Barry yeah. John. Yeah. Yeah. That Barry was John. this guy's crazy about your size, or they're fuck. all your size. He was yeah. fuck. And, he, and this guy comes in. He, it's in a canoe with a thirty-gallon. How big was that bucket? I, th- I mean, probably not gallons, but it was probably like a five-gallon. It was yeah. hot, and he and he brought all the ingredients. He to made fun totally. to make yep. fa. Yep. Which was pig's head and intestines, all kinds of things. And this guy cooked for six hours. Are you, you're crazy, man. <laughs> no, that's what they, we love to do. We love to Boundary just, waters. To drag that stuff yeah. in bond. He's yeah. going across portages carrying all this stuff. In the old yeah. way, but. I bring, like, freeze-dried fruit, and he's got a pot he's making <laughs> yeah, he did, yeah, for everybody. Yeah. Our goal is first to get limit, and then second, you know, eat good. So yeah. yep. that's why. So um, I know you, pheasants is big for you. Mm-hmm. What, what other hunting – do you do, do you do deer or fish or what do you do? Um, a little fishing. I haven't done deer yet, like I said, but I love uh, waterfowl and turkey and pheasant. Um, okay. Done a lot of mentoring as well. So took out. Did, uh, was turkey people. hunting, did you get into that when pheasant hunting or did that come later? Yeah, that came three years after I started. So yep. hunted and, and have you been mm-hmm. successful? Yes, I just got my first tom last year or this year. So nice. after giving everybody their you. tom, like I think I get, uh, gave up three toms yep. for my friends. To let them shoot it first, and then I finally got my time. So. Are you getting good at calling yet? I'd like to say so. <laughs> More, yeah. I need so. to hang out with you. <laughs> yeah, we we need to hang out. Yeah, we need. Yeah, to I hang think out last this year we took out five times on public land. So wow, yeah. that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Good for you. Just a ground blind. Just a deal? ground blind. Um, me and my friend too. We did a running gun. So yep, that's cool. Yeah. So you mostly hunt public lands. Is that yep. for pheasants too? Mostly public lands. Yep, public land for everything. How? What much. is the landscape of public lands around here for pheasant? Is is there opportunity? Do you have to go down south? What yeah. areas do you concentrate on? I usually hunt either southwest or south. Yeah. Um, you know, that's just where the if you look at the pheasants forever map or the yeah. the state the roadside map, roadside counting. Yeah, I mean it just tells you exactly where the pheasants are. Yep. Um, it's just finding. Like the red, the deep red spots where it's populated, mm-hmm. trying not to go there because everyone's going to go there. Yep. It's just finding those little small hidden pockets of birds, you know. Did you find any, so you decided to get into pheasant hunting because of your dog. Yeah. So you didn't train your dog as a puppy for pheasant, did you? Did you have to train your dog later in life or how did, how did that aspect of it go for you? Oh, so I took her to a trainer. Okay. Uh, yep. Jeff Stevenson. Okay. So he's right down the road from here. Yeah. Yeah. So. So a full-grown dog, you took mm-hmm. to a trainer. It doesn't yep. have to be a puppy. Nope. And just took to it? What kind yep. of dog? Uh, German wire hair. So, yeah. yeah. Beautiful dog. Perfect. Yeah, beautiful. She loves waterfall and upland, which is you know, perfect. So do you still have the dog that you started with? Yes, Kaya. She's, Kaya? She just turned six. That's cool. So the shout-out picture is you and Kaya, right? Yeah, that's a Kaya on the Beautiful dog. Yeah, beautiful dog. <laughs> what, what is it again? A wire something? German wire hair. German wire hair. Yep. And they're hypoallergenic, right? Uh, yeah, they, they say yeah. they're hypoallergenic. I, I mean, I was allergic to labs before I had a dog, but when I had her, I wasn't allergic at all. Oh, that's so good. I, and they don't shed or anything. They shed a little bit, but not as bad as labs. Yeah. <laughs> I want to go back to the public land hunting. Yeah. Uh, for turkeys, I can see it'd be, uh, in my opinion, I've never really done either much. Mm-hmm. Uh, but is it easier? It's got to be easier to, to find public hand for uh, hunting land for turkeys as compared to pheasants. Because I would think, don't pheasant have to have the habitat that we grow for those birds to survive and don't I, I, that's that's private property yeah i mean i think they're both 
equal to be honest really you just have to get out there and scout and just to know understand the bird behavior know where they're going right i mean for turkey this year i went out uh with bha and they took me up to brainerd i've never been to brainerd never scoured it never hunted turkeys up there but i got my mentee his first time you know and it was just i it was like a quick scout in the morning that i did found toms on private land but it up to public land, and I'm like, all right, we're going to hunt here, and just waited it out. That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's like, wonderful. Like, did you roost them? Did you see them go nope, up in the... You didn't just saw roost, them out? saw them out in the field, yep. you know, uh, and I was like, this looks like a good spot for turkeys next to the wood edge, open field. I mean, if there's yeah. a turkey here, they're here. So unlike me, you actually put some work into it. <laughs> yeah, ahead, exactly. Sam. I was going to say, it's true's point about if it's harder to... You'd think it'd be harder to find public land to pheasant hunt but that's why pheasants forever like they've done a great job totally you know with building the habitats for pheasants so i mean kudos to them and i think the nwtf which is the national wildlife and turkey federation that that's a a big reason too for public land i mean they're they're building these wildlife management areas for pheasant i mean how many do you know off the top of your close like how many acres pheasants forever has i mean it's hundreds of thousands yeah it's a crazy amount it's crazy amount and what i love about them too is like if you go to pheasant fest you give them an aerial map of your land and they will give you suggestions and seed even Mm -hmm. and say you need a grove here you know you plant this grass here they can help you manage your land for wildlife and they have the resources that you're not going to find anywhere else so it's a really cool program they have. I can't remember the name of the area. It's like Habitat something. But you just go there, say, here's my land. What can I do? And they will literally help you find find the right stuff. Is there a minimum amount of acreage you have to have to, to have them involved? Because my son Mike so. has 125 acres in North Branch, and he farms most of it and raises hay for cows and all that. If he doesn't want to do 125 acres, can he still do 10, 20, yeah. 30 acres yeah. just for yeah. pheasants. I think they'll do anything. I'm, we're yeah. not biologists, but I mean, like any acre would, yeah. would help. Any land. Honestly, right? yep. Any, land. <laughs> any yep. land would help. Yep. So That's cool. Yeah, yeah, I mean, pheasants are easy to track down. I feel like uh, me and my friend, we, last year we went out to Iowa and we're like, all right, we're, hunt- we're not hunting any place we know. We're just going to pick a spot that we've never been to and just hunt for the day. And we got a two day limit. So That's awesome. awesome. What yeah. kind of shotgun do you use? Uh, 12 gauge Benelli Ethos. Real deal. Yeah, real deal. There you go. <laughs> Are you sponsored by Benelli yet? No. It's coming. This co- I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to sponsor them. <laughs> you know, I was looking at your site and, and Facebook and all of that. And, yeah. uh, well, well your, your website, if you want to call it that, mm-hmm. and, and uh, reading all about the, uh, the Minnesota Hunter. Then I see these a couple of recipes. Now, all of a sudden, it just. I've never had white bass, but my mouth started watering. Lemon butter, white bass. Yeah, it's so good. Oh, it just <laughs> anything with lemon butter is right. This sounds so good. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah. Speaking of recipes, what's your favorite way to prepare pheasant? Um, I like egg rolls. I think like anybody would go to egg rolls. That's the, like favorite oh, yeah. way to do it. Walk Can you us give through a breeze? Just walk us through. Yeah. So you start with ground pheasant, about a pound. Do a pound go of on. ground shrimp. <laughs> 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 and then you mix in your vermicelli noodles. Um, add in your vegetables, like uh, shredded carrots, uh, shredded cabbage. Add in your uh, seasoning. So uh, soy sauce, uh, salt, sesame oil. Wrap it up in an egg roll wrapper and Fry it till it's golden brown. Sam's oh, drooling. Super God. easy to make. I should have brought some in. I've the never pheasant. seen you so attentive. <laughs> the pheasant. Yeah, that sounds. Why aren't you? That's I am. I fantastic. Am. The pheasant that you're putting into the egg roll is yeah. that raw? Yes, raw. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. You could. Uh, you could pre-cook it. Sometimes some people pre-cook, Do you pre-cook, pre-cook it. Pre-cook any of the veggies? No, I don't pre-cook any of the veggies. Oh, um, we. If you're scared of like raw meat or be, being raw still, then you could pre-cook it and then mix it and fry it. 
So. And it wouldn't overcook it? No, it wouldn't overcook it. Do you make your own dipping sauce? No, I don't. I do. I do usually buy it from the store. So yeah. It's just easier. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My wife and I went to, we stopped by a church on Highway 61. We got about a minute left, right? Yep. Yeah, We stopped minute. by a church off of uh, Highway 61 and north of Highway 36, and it was an Asian among church, uh-huh. and they were having egg rolls uh, sales like every month or something. I went, it would, they were, the, the skin, what do you call the shell, the egg roll? Wrapper. Right, the wrapper yeah. was so fine, yet so crispy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was wonderful. So good. Most of the time, they're just too thick and, and yeah, that, that's almost that. like a turkey, like a taco shell or something but mm-hmm. that oh boy that's great so if <laughs> yep. you got if you can make them like that i'll buy them oh, okay. my wife loves them yeah. all right we got about a minute left king why don't you tell our listeners how they follow you um a little bit about your content and what you like to bring uh to the community yeah so uh you can follow me on my website minnesota-hunter.com on facebook minnesota hunter instagram king yang one tiktok minnesota hunter and youtube minnesota hunter so but you know mm-hmm. the thing what I like to focus on is, uh, what is it? Uh, you could say mentoring. So mentoring mm-hmm. the new new hunters, uh, especially adult onset hunters, and also just connecting the community, right? So connecting everyone who likes to hunt and fish. Um, one of the biggest things I get out of hunting is meeting new people, especially farmers. Mm-hmm. Uh, I hunt some private land, and it's just great to be out there and meeting people. I met some amazing hunters as well. Um, online, Luke Peterson from Kill Hole Gun Dogs, great guy, underrated, mm-hmm. and he lives out in Marshall, and he has the one of the, some of the best dog training content out there. So awesome! Let's wrap it up, huh? Thanks to everybody, King Yang, Scott, Merwin, Bob Creechie, and everybody else who listened to the show. Thanks for listening, everybody. Have a great week. Have a wonderful Christmas. Merry Christmas. Yeah, Merry Christmas. You guys, and you can you can use our jokes if you want to, right? Go ahead. <laughs> Have a safe week. Have a wonderful Christmas. And Mark's got something to say. Get outside and make some memories. <laughs> <laughs>